We just want to uh, share with you, um, we're doing something a little different maybe than what we normally do, and I'm going to put this in the middle for us, okay, that works, that works, we all get a stool, we all sit this way a little bit better, but we want to gather together and we want to just have a time where we stop and we remember the absolute sacred part of Christmas and what was going on and what it's all about and just just capture a moment where we can stop and worship God and um, we're glad to be together with with a community of faith we're glad to be together in a place where the Holy Spirit is touching people's lives and doing something Um, I want to entitle this just little snippet of a message here before we go into our candlelight part I want to entitle it we come to do to see and to give um, because that's Christmas. You know, uh, I, I don't know how it is in your life, but uh, we kind of are at a place in, in life where um, Christmas, and when somebody says Christmas, we start talking about gifts and giving and things like that. And uh, certainly we do recognize that. But I want to share a, a passage with you that's um, super non traditional Christmas, but does lean heavily into the idea and the concept of how much God loves us as we celebrate Christmas and what it is that he did for us. So I'm going to go, believe it or not, I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's a passage there beginning at verse 7. It's going to show up up here. Um, But I want to encourage you in this here right now. Um, In verse 7 it says, To each one the manifestation of the Spirit was given for the common good. To each one the the gift of the Spirit was given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit um, the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge, by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, to still another the interpretation of tongues. And all of these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. And it may be a very, very very odd passage to, to use for Christmas, but what I was focusing on was the Magi that came, and once again, let me just say, um, we kind of, well, I don't want to get anybody's Christmas upset and in trouble, but I think I might just a little tiny bit here just for fun, okay? Ha, 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 you're going home and you don't have to put up with me tomorrow unless you come to the service. But we know that there were more than three wise men, so in all reality, we recognize that three gifts were brought by those Magi, those wise men, um, to Jesus, and they were very very, very expensive gifts, believe it or not, um, in the day. But we would kind of be foolish to think that this entourage of way more than three people who had been traveling for two years showed up and only, you know, gave him three gifts. Now, don't want to get you in trouble. But still, we see that Christmas, when we talk about gifts, we recognize that people came to God and gave gifts. People didn't come to the baby born in the manger and say, now you need to give me this and you need to give me this and you need to give me this. They recognized God's worth and said, we need to come to you and bow down on our knees, Noel. Okay, and so we recognize this. But for you and I, Christmas has kind of evolved into a holiday of gifts. And of course, so has Valentine's and anything else that Hallmark can lay their hands on um, and possibly create a card for that you have to buy for your girlfriend, your wife, your husband, or your boyfriend, all things said and done. But giving... Giving, because of the example of God, is very centric to Christianity. It's right at the core of it. For God so loved the world that he, there it is, gave. And so we see that in God. Um, It's the idea of God sacrificing his one and his only son for you and I. 
He took what was most important to him. God has nothing else to give you and I. He gave us the, the, the I don't want to say possession, but just let me just go there. Okay. He gave us the most treasured thing, the most treasured person, the most treasured relationship that he had in order to save you and I. And it was his plan. So when we say that, you know, um, that Christ came and died for us once for all, we recognize that God doesn't have anything else to give us. If that's not good enough, he doesn't have anything else to give us because he gave us basically everything that he had. And so as we move into this, the invitation from heaven for you and I is born of the idea that God sacrificed for you and I. So the invitation to sacrifice your life or to surrender your life to the kingdom of heaven is kind of where your relationship with that baby in the manger begins. As we come and we sing that he is the risen king, that's what we're talking about. The understanding that we've been called to sacrifice our convenience, not just money, our convenience, our egos. I'm just looking in the mirror when I say this. Our need to be right. We sacrifice that as we come to God. Okay? Um, being first, needing to be first and get our fair share, we sacrifice that on behalf of the kingdom of God and the teachings of Jesus. Our need to be prominent. Do you need to be prominent? Okay? Um, we come and... Um, even the idea of being special to the world, we sacrifice that. Not to mention our goals, our plans, our hopes, our dreams, our children, our relationships, yes, our finances, our gifts, our talents, and more. All of these things we sacrifice to see the kingdom of God move forward. And this is how it happens. Christmas is about God giving so that you and I could give to others so that they could receive, so that they in turn could turn around and give to others. This message, come and see. Come and see what God has done for you and I. It's very much like a prairie fire. Very much like what happens if you've ever sat in a, in a Christmas Eve service that is, he's okay. Um, if you've ever sat in a Christmas Eve service where we did a candle lighting thing, and if you've ever watched it, and I would encourage you to watch it tonight, it just kind of moves like a prairie fire. The concept of sacrificing and loving other people is supposed to move that same way from the church out into the world. So we talk about giving. What is the best gift, the best Christmas gift? Think about this for just a split second. What's the best Christmas gift that you ever received? Gifts. What's the best Christmas gift that you ever received? I knew he was going to do this. I thought I, I thought he was picking from this year, not ever. He gave, you did give me a little glass clown one time when we were dating. No, one of those little, little blown clown. Three and, times. And I broke it on the way home, and he got me another one, and I kept it for like a couple days, and I broke it, and he got me a third one. Now I have three broken glass clowns, but that's, that's I'm not sure that's my favorite. The greatest gift. Um, I know some of you are heading off to do your Christmases yet tonight or tomorrow, but for us, all of our family came in last weekend, so we, so gifts are over, you know, and we'd like to say, oh, Christmas isn't about the gifts. You know what? As soon as the gifts are open, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a different thing, right? I feel, I feel a little done. Christmas is done because we have given the gifts that we purchased for people. And one of the gifts that I got that was really particularly special this year was, for, was from one of my grandchildren who, um, I don't know how she did it, through money or credits or whatever, but at the little school store, purchased me um, three little cookie cutters and a tea towel. Or, what are we doing? Nothing. Uh, Talk to the nice people. 
Three little, three little cookie cutters and a tea towel or a dish towel or whatever you want to call it. And it, what was special about that to me was um, that she knows me. She knows that I cook, you know what I mean? And that, and that was a special sort of thing. And so I began to think about this idea of what is it that makes gifts special? You know, I don't know how you do your, your gift uh, opening. Some families, when you get married, this is a real shocker. Not everybody does it the same way. Some people hand out all the gifts and then it's just like open season, right? Other people are like, you get a present. We get to watch you open it. We hear a backstory about it. And then the next person gets it, right? I don't, know which, I don't know who you are. I'm not judging. I'm just saying everybody's a little different about how that happens. But no matter, no matter how you give gifts, throughout history even, gift giving has been in every society. Whether you have relationship with people or not even, right? I mean, dignitaries bring gifts to other, um, you know, people of state, right? Statesmen, when they would come from another country that represent where they're from. So they represent honor, love, celebration. We get gifts when you get married. Don't go to a wedding without that or, or to celebrate the fact that you graduated or whatever. Um, so these were five things that I thought about in terms of what gifts really make, make a gift meaningful. First of all, I think a gift represents the giver. Sometimes when you take a gift to someone, we just had people in our home, they stayed uh, for several days and they came from a distance, we have a relationship, but what they brought with them was something from where they're at, right? Like when you go somewhere and you take, like my mother taught me, take a hostess gift, like you bring something from Kentucky, you take, you know, honey or bourbon or whatever it is the gift is that you're giving, right, that represents where you're from, it represents the giver. Um, that's definitely what dignitaries of state are doing. They're giving something to represent their country. Um, I think a good gift represents the interests of the receiver, right? We tend not to give something to someone that we anticipate that they're going to hate or never use or whatever. So this grandchild anticipated that I bake and I would put cookie cutters to good use, and I have, and a new towel, tea towel for my kitchen. So you're thinking ahead, right? That's a meaningful gift. I know some of you in here, you haven't given a good gift until the person who receives it cries. <laughs> if they cry, you hit the mark, right? Because you hit something nostalgic or it meant something to them. Uh, sometimes a good gift meets a need. Sometimes it meets a need. Now, I'm not talking about the stockings that had like toothpaste and underwear and socks. Do you know what I mean? I mean, sometimes those are the kind of gifts that, that are there. But, but when you recognize, I think that's why gift giving gets hard as people get older because your needs are less, right? If you need toothpaste, you're going to go get it. Um, so, but when, you're, when you still are accumulating the things to function, um, you give people things that represent a need. But, but that's a little bit different than when we first got married and I would get you things that you needed like a vacuum sweeper um, or a microwave or, um, you know, um, washcloths and things to clean the house with. Yeah, yeah. Usually. Dr. Dobson said don't. Yeah. If, it, yeah. if it comes with a, what do you say? If it helps me do my chores. But I know women who like that. I don't know. I'm not going to speak for you. Woman. I'm not. You are not That's that somebody woman. else. No. Because you are. <laughs> Gifts that represent affection. That's of, her. Of the giver to the receiver. I'm not even a gifty person. But I, if I recognize that it is an affectionate gift, somebody who is uh, giving me something that represents what they feel for me. So that can be sentimental. It can be whatever that is. That makes a gift special when when it's out of affection, out of relationship. I'm not, and I like this particularly when gift giving is not 
a reciprocal thing. You know what I mean? I, I love that. I asked somebody, why did you get a gift for that person? I don't know. I just wanted to. I'm like, do you guys exchange gifts? No. I just wanted to give one this year. That's so great. But how many of you have received something and you're like, oh, no. no. Oh, no, no. What they say is, hey, I haven't bought yours yet. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, no, 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 it's no, 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 no. Mail. no, no, no. It's okay. Yeah. When, when you feel compelled because of that, I'm not sure that that's the effect. But when you give something out of affection to someone without a, a need to start anything or, or to have a response of any sort, that's affection. And then the final one I think that makes a gift important is it represents honor. I honor you. When we give gifts to God, I, I think about this with, with giving tithes and, and things to God. It's, I honor you for being God. I see who you are, and I recognize who you are, and I'm giving this to you based on that. So it's based on affection, but also just recognition of someone. Yeah, and, we've, and um, it's official now, um, so we can go ahead and tell you. Um, we've been married for 39 years now. So it's probably going to get out. So I'm just letting you know. No, no, I'm not looking for your clapping. I'm just saying that, that, you know, when I talk about, hey, what's the greatest gift that you can give somebody? Um, you know, I mean, she's, you know, stays close to home and stays, you know, like in this year, my grandchild got me this. Um, didn't mention anything that I bought her, which is okay. I'm not, I don't give gifts to, you know, overwhelm her and feel, make her feel affectionate toward me and kiss on me and stuff like that. But um, I will say probably the greatest gift that I ever did receive was on December 16th, 1987. Um, I got married December 16th, 1983. And I don't know how she did this. I mean, you just can't go to Walmart and do it. But, um, you know, on December 16th, she's like, hey, here's your first son. And it's like, wow, how on earth? I, I truly, I felt honored. I, I, I felt very, very honored to receive that gift. And, and it, it, it still costs me. Um, every time he comes home, it's like, wow, that one was expensive. You know, it's like she poured into that one. Um, so it's there. But no, that's the truth of it. And the concept that, or the concepts that Pastor Janice shared with us of what it means to think about the giver, think about the gift, think about why you're giving it, think about the purpose and how it's going to make them feel. That's what God is doing for you and I. As he gives you and I gifts, that's what we're saying. And those are moments. I mean, when somebody sits there and we all have to open one at a time, I am just absolutely embarrassed because it's like, I don't know if I'll act right. Um, I don't know if I'll say the right words. I don't know if I'll jump up and down right. I don't know. But there is something sacred in that moment when God does something for you and I. And there's no doubt in your mind that God did it. And he's trying to get a message across to you, and he says that. So God gave his son to you and I, and it was incredibly, incredibly sacred. Um, and here's the crazy part, because um, I, really, I really honestly believe this. I actually believe, so much so that I wrote a song about it, not that we're here to do songs. I'm just, I just want to share this with you. That I was sitting in my office one time in western Oklahoma, and I came to this place where I came to understand that the greatest gift that God has ever given to you and I, was a tomb that held nothing. So in essence, the greatest gift that God gave to you and I was nothing at all. It's the idea that as we surrender our life to Jesus Christ, when we meet God, everything that we deserve, as much as we may think that we're so much better than everybody else around us, was poured out on Jesus. And so what we recognize is, the baby in the manger was not the great gift for you and I. It was not the purpose of Jesus coming to this earth. It was not the, that's just the moment that he came to earth and took upon our form 
so that he could minister, interact, or be with us very much, if I can just be real cheesy, when Jane Goodall, those of you that are my age, went and lived with chimpanzees for so many years that she learned to speak their language, God came down here so that we could understand him because he was trying to get his love across to you and I. And we see the sacredness of the giver, and then we see the sacredness of the gift, and then we see the sacredness of what it means to you and I eternally, and we stop and say, man, the greatest thing that God ever gave me was nothing. As much as we complain that God doesn't do enough for us, the understanding that when we meet Him, if we have surrendered our life to Him, I don't mean if you've said the words and got dunked in a tank. I mean if you are walking feet pointed toward the cross, you're still struggling with your humanity, but you're getting closer to God, you're growing, Okay, you're not excusing your sin, you're recognizing the blood of Christ that covers it, takes it away, excuse me, doesn't cover it, takes it away. And then we realize how sacred this gift really is. And that's why I wanted to use the passage from 1 Corinthians, because those were gifts that were given in a sacred manner. And as those gifts unfold, I just want to share these last things, we're going to wrap this up and we're going to go into the candlelight part of this service. I believe this about all the gifts in your life, not just the gifts from 1 Corinthians. All of the gifts that you and I receive from God, they come down from the Father of lights. Okay, that's what James would say. But they're given from the, for the common good. They're not just given for me. Who I am, what I have, and what I'm doing is not just for me. God is not just trying to feed me, clothe me, put me in a bigger house, buy me a fancier dog. He's not trying to do all... What He's trying to do is pour things into my life, gifts that I can turn and use for the kingdom of God, not just to speak, but to pay for, to encourage, and to inspire other people. And it's important that the collected body come together to be accountable for that. And we don't always think that way. God didn't want us to surrender our lives to Him and then go live as lone rangers. He called us together to be a church, a collected, gathered body that could share and serve each other. Second thing is that, and, and this, is, this is the tough part, everybody gets a different gift. Everybody gets a different one. If we don't learn anything from 1 Corinthians, we learn that everybody gets a different gift as, well, I'm not going to get there yet, but um, these are gifts that are given, and I don't know about you, but gifts aren't things that I had to earn. When I wake up tomorrow morning, well, our Christmas is over, but when, when I would wake up, I don't have to earn the gift that my parents handed to me. They gave it to me because they loved me. See? But there are people that will say, well, I'll teach you this. I'll A gift is given. And God pours it out into you. And I want us to understand that. Everybody gets a gift. And here's the last thing. And maybe it sounds like a reiterance, but God decides who gets what gift. And here's the tough part of that. It doesn't always seem fair. I don't speak in tongues. I know people that do speak in tongues. Um, I, I don't touch people and heal them. I know people that that does happen with. But we're all called to use our gifts for the sake of the body. And this is the place where I'll say it just as simply as I possibly can. If you take a grandfather clock and open up the little side door on the side of it. And if you reach in there and you take one gift out of that clock, 
that clock is absolutely useless. Because God put, if you'll let me do the metaphor, the clock together the way He wanted it, put the gifts where He wanted them. Some people get to be the face. Some people get to be the weights. Some people get to be the clang. Some people get to be the hammer. Some people get to be the little catch thing that goes... But everybody is important in the kingdom of God. So when God gives a gift, He decides who gets it. It is for the common good, and everybody gets something different. And I would encourage you in that. You ever seen a child that went through Christmas, went through their birthday, went through whatever the the circumstance was, and they opened everything up, and then they turned around and looked at their parent and said, where's my Xbox? Thought you were getting me an Xbox. And at that moment, you say, wow, that child is ungrateful. And with all due respect, they are. I was happy for underwear in my stocking. I was happy for socks. I was happy that there were pencils and erasers and paper because I'm an artist. And so I was happy to get what other people might think is silly in a stocking. There were almonds. We got almonds sometimes. We got walnuts. I was happy. Man, we ripped, they were, they, it wasn't the little red fishnet ones, you know what I'm talking about? That, that's probably not a good term for church, okay? It, it was um, the, the red net ones. You know what I'm talking about, you know, the little dollar. Okay, so anyway, let's get past the, the stockings. Okay, so um, it, my stocking had this stuff in it. I, I, man, if I would have been dissatisfied or unhappy, if I would have verbalized that, I would not be sitting before you today. My father would be in prison, and I would be buried somewhere. The truth of the matter is, our gifts are sacred. And we should thank God for our children, thank God for our spouse, thank God for our job. Thank for, God can change our job. God can change our financial circumstances. God, but look where you are right now. You came in here on Christmas Eve and somebody bought you coffee if you wanted it. Somebody bought you hot chocolate if you wanted it. You're warm. We're not freezing to death in here. There are people that can't say that. Just in the last couple days. Yeah. Gifts are sacred. And God is inviting you and I to be aware of that. And I would encourage you, as we go into this time of the candlelight service, that this would be a really, really good time for us to just stop and say, God, I need to thank you for the sacredness of the life that you've given to me because it's a beautiful thing and let's bring that to the manger tonight as we celebrate Christ's birth let's bring that with us